Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargao Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargao, and joining me once again is Daniel. Hello. And tonight is just Daniel. Um, Tim, Tim's not able to be with us tonight, and that is okay, because maybe my ego will stay attacked throughout an entire episode. <laughs> also, he wasn't there to watch the movies we're going to talk about tonight. Um... So, tonight is basically Not Coming to a Theater Near You Part 2. Um, all of these movies are either older or a little bit maybe too indie to, to really see a wide release. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about Night of the Comet, which was the, uh, the secret screening at this year's Chat Film Fest. Um, King Boxer, Let the Corpses Tan, and Mohawk. And uh, not of the comments, Daniel, you weren't able to make it to, right? No. And then I wasn't able to make it to King Boxer. So those two, we might not have quite as much to say because it's just kind of like, here's an old movie that was fun and awesome. Okay, bye. <laughs> it, we'll try to say a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, so, so like we've talked about in pretty much all the episodes so far, one of the great things about Chat Film Fest is that opportunity to see movies in theaters that you wouldn't have a chance to see otherwise, um, or seeing it in a way that you wouldn't see it otherwise. So like having the directors or the actors, uh, or in the case of Night of the Comet, Joe Bob Briggs introduced it, and then Kelly Maroney, um, which was one of the stars from the movie, was, was there to talk about it. So even though it was at this point a 34-year-old movie, that movie is as old as I am. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, even though it was a very old movie, it still gave it a, a new experience that even if you had seen it when it first came out, it, this would have been different. I wonder how many people that were there actually did see it when it first came out. <laughs> you know, I think that they asked that, and I think maybe oh, really? like three people really? raised their hand. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not, not a whole lot. Um... <laughs> And then, and then the next question was, how many of these people saw this because she was topless in Chopping Mall? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone actually, else raised their hand. <laughs> well, the Chopping Mall, I think, actually came out after oh, okay. Night of the Comet. Okay. So, well, I know, but if they didn't see Night of the Comet, then... <laughs> oh, right, right, right. They were there that night because of... Yeah. Right. <laughs> I eight. I don't know. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, Night of the Comet, it is a zombie, but not a zombie movie. Like a comet causes it or something? Yeah, like it's, I forget if it's Haley's Comet or not, but essentially once every however many millions of years, this <laughs> comet comes by and wipes out life on Earth. It's almost like they filmed the zombie movie and they're like, we don't want this to just be any other zombie movie. Let's come <laughs> up with something really off the wall that makes some zombies. So the uh, the way that it was set up was basically the same comet that took out all the dinosaurs. Uh, it's that comet again. Wait. <laughs> A comet didn't hit the Earth. Okay. <laughs> in this version of history, it was because the comet passed by and there were, I don't know, mutant particles trailing Too the many comet. rubbernecking dinosaurs. Because <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, oh now I'm dead. <laughs> So, yeah, like, there was magic pixie dust behind the comet, which killed off the dinosaurs. And then, now in 1984, I don't think it was set in 84, 
uh, then it killed off the people. And apparently, I lied. Tim is here. <laughs> Made it. We're talking. We're talking about Night of the Comet. We just started. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about. So uh, this episode is essentially things you're not going to see in theaters, part two. I think you'd eventually get to see Night of the Comet if somebody else made a bad decision on what to show for a secret I think it was chosen because it came out in 84 and they had summer of 84 in the festival. Makes sense. There was a lot of stuff that came out in 84. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) No, there was nothing good that came out in that year. Okay, so since I'm here. (laughs) I was born in 83. (laughs) Since I'm here, I guess I will put in my two cents on Night of the Comet. Hey everybody, it's Tim. <laughs> Tim's here. <laughs> uh, so, Night of the Comet's not not a terrible movie. It, I was just disappointed that that was the secret screening. It's a fun movie. Um, but in the past, the secret screenings have, have normally been something that's like, oh, this is neat. You know, this is cool. I think The Black Coat's Daughter... Um, no, was it, was, a, uh, it, was, was, it was Don't Panic. No, no. That was one of them, I think. Mm-mm. No, because that was a um, that was an ACFA film. I'm pretty sure the Black Coat's Daughter. The first I, year we were there, I know the Hitcher was last year. The Hitcher was, and that's a that's a great movie. Um, and Transformers was the first year. The first year that was the first year. Okay, the second year would have been uh, was Baskin like a late night. It was just a late night. It secret wasn't, it wasn't secret. Anyways, anyway. um. It was just very underwhelming. It's like, this is the big secret? Oh. Well, I think the thing with the secret screenings, it's not supposed to be, this is the big secret and it's going to blow your socks off. I think it's more of... (laughs) Here is a movie that had a really big impact on Chris and his love for movies? Question mark? Uh, I wouldn't say that movie had a huge impact on him. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we've sat down and had candid conversations with Chris about his his movies and his love he, for movies. I he would have showed Ninja Three Domination. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like I could see him showing just, that over. Just put that on repeat. Yeah, I mean, you see that over. Um, now I could see where he ha- like why he has love for it. it. Like I said, it is a fun movie. I was just very underwhelmed with like this is the secret screening. Well, so given I- but. You had the special guest, so... Yeah, and that's what uh, Daniel and I were talking about uh, just before he showed up, was it's less about the movie in this instance and more about that experience, having Joe Bob introduce it, having Kelly Maroney there to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> Joe Bob did his um, uh, his little drive-in thing in terms of like how many deaths there were and like all of the, the drive-in breakdown stuff that he used to do. So it gave it just that different experience by the way uh kelly maroney she's I already mentioned chopping mall you did I, I get that but at the same time like to see her now she's still very very attractive lady like i'm just like well if you did get work done i don't notice it you look like you did when <laughs> i saw you in like all the other movies that i've seen you in i did not expect her to be as short as she was really especially well not especially. I didn't expect her to be as short as she was. I had forgotten how tall Joe Bob was. Seeing the two of them next to each other, it was like the 
biggest and the smallest little Russian nesting dolls. Mario and Super Mario. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a uh, it was a sizable height difference. Um, yeah, so it's zombie-ish. There's a comet. There's a plot. They run around. It, there's a mall. There's a mall. Uh, it kind of felt to me like Super Mario Brothers meets Dawn of the Dead. Because like that's the whole plot with Mario Brothers is there was a comet and that's how they get into that other dimension and what I love that movie I don't care so there's the next no, movie there's nothing there's nobody here saying that like I'm not shaking my head at that I'm just like that's a kind of a terrible like analogy or uh, comparison I didn't say that the movie itself was like it I said it reminded me of. So the next movie we're talking about. <laughs> so the next movie we talked about. Moving on. Was. Um, I'm going to interrupt everything like I already did once. There's, there's some coffee if you want some coffee. I'm going to need it. The next one was uh, King Boxer. King Boxer, a.k.a. the Five Fingers of Death. Uh-huh. I'm assuming it was called Five Fingers of Death in uh, its Asian release first and then uh, King Boxer when it was brought out to the US and I think it was 1973 well the only reason they didn't get called Five Fingers of Death let's face it there's probably a lesbian porn already named you you do know that that's going to sound like (laughs) on the actual recording right so what year did Bruce Lee was kind of like become a big breakout star was it Early 70s. We'll say 1934. Well, anyway, the IMDb little blurb says this film launched the craze for kung fu movies in the United States. And it was very cliche-ish, but if you think about it, when it came out of the times, it probably wasn't sure. cliche. Um, so lots of, lots of masters and students and fighting competitions and so <laughs> love interests kid. and... Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> the lead gets his hands crippled about three quarters of the way through the movie and has to relearn how to use his uh, karate or kung fu and uh, ends up turning into the Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, it's literally the move is called the Iron Fist. Come <laughs> on. Also another name. His hands do glow red like that. I was going to say, they caught him red-handed in that picture. He must have been doing something. It was bad. it was very entertaining, though. It did inspire me to start watching what, what was available on Amazon, kung fu-wise. Oh, there's so many. So, quick question. Yes. And, um, but Tim, you don't have to have seen the movie to, to answer this. Which title do you think is better, King Boxer or Five Fingers of Death? doesn't really matter to me but i will say that the one that i did see was the english dubbed version which rather than something. made it even funnier <laughs> <laughs> well like when i think king boxer i picture like a boxer i picture someone from mike tyson's punch out right <laughs> when i hear five fingers of death i picture more uh oh, i was watching a kung fu movie the other night and i can't remember for the life of me what it was but the uh, the the main antagonist he had this move to where it's almost like his fingers were lava. Like he would just like stick his fingers on someone and it's like he was drilling into their skin just by like like putting his hand on Do you not remember the name of that movie? I do not remember the name Fist of it. Fist of the North Star. It's, I don't... Yeah. That's what... Yes. 
Trust me, dude. Trust me. It was in Fist of the North Star. They did it in Kung Pao Enter the Fist also. Well, no, they really didn't. He had those um, those triangle like pyramid things on him. I don't think it was. Like, I don't think it was that. I think maybe that was just a thing. Like maybe there's the whole like I can touch you with one finger and kill you trope of kung fu movies. Mm, no, maybe. Fist of the North Stars. Where you would have seen it. Sure, we'll say that it was that. Uh, so like that's what I picture with the five fingers of death. Is he's such a powerful kung fu person that that is not what I. <laughs> so it starred uh, an actor named Lee Lo L I E H L O, and that's the only one I'm going to attempt to pronounce. But was, apparently, he was a big action star before Bruce Lee, uh, and a notable appearance, small appearance by Bolo Young, better yeah. known as the villain from Bloodsport. <laughs> And every other 80s movie. Was <laughs> he gets his taint raw in Bloodsport. <laughs> Just saying. Was Stitch also in that movie? With Lilo? No. <laughs> this is why we quit podcasting. <laughs> this is the exact reason right here why we stopped. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you. But I, uh, have fun. Because of that movie, I have checked I out uh, The Five Element Ninjas. The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Oh, and, that's a that good movie. Good. And the Masked really Avengers. So the 36th Chamber, is it like that? That might be one of the best Kung Fu movies. Yeah, I mean, it's rated really high out of the... Well, I mean, the Five Element Ninjas is rated 7.5. 36 <laughs> Chambers, 7.8. Oh, God. I Yeah. But anyway. Chambers is amazing. So anyway, it, you know, I had fun watching it. Well, and there have been, I, I want to say there have been kung fu movies in most of, if not all, of the film fests. Yeah, we missed the other one. What was it called? The Red... <laughs> the, the Red Thing of No. Thing? The Red Thing <laughs> There was Ninja Zombie, which was not quite a kung fu, but no. sort of kind of. Last year, there was the one that was just so insane. Oh, the one with Popeye with, and... With uh... Popeye fighting James no, 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 Bond. No. You got you to gotta say it like you saw it. Asian Popeye fighting with Asian James Bond. And with Asian Dracula. Asian Dracula. Clint Eastwood. Asian, Asian Clint, Clint Eastwood. Um, but overall, the only white person in the whole entire movie was uh, the Emmanuel We missed the Super Inframan. Yes. It was nothing but like shaking her boobies the whole time throughout the entire movie. It was just like... <laughs> Everything was out of place in that movie, but that was super out of place. That movie was fantastic. Uh, yeah, Super Inframan was... It looks like Power Rangers. It was more of a Power Rangers type of kind uh, <laughs> of movie. Thing. There were so many good movies this year. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, I wasn't able to make it to King Boxer, but the, that Monday? Yeah, that Monday as part of my post-CFF uh, recouping and withdrawal was watching that Fist of the North Star, apparently. Sweet. It's on Amazon. The Five Fingers it's of Death? Super Inframan. Not on Prime, though. Yeah, Five it is. Is it? Yeah, zero dollars with Prime Video. Hold on. Hello, Amazon Prime. Uh, Five Fingers of Death, also on Amazon Prime. Hell so, yeah. if you're listening to this, once you're done listening, go, go watch some awesome kung fu Asian cinema. There's a lot on there. Like I just kind of just started somewhere. There's at least like 20 or 50 movies on there. (laughs) And since Uh, I don't know which ones are good, I'm just going to start watching them all. (laughs) 
They, they all have their merits. Even boring ones are still kind of great? Question mark? Anywho. Uh, Alright. So the next one that we're talking about, and I can't remember if you were able to see this one, was Let the Corpses Tan. Yeah. Alright, so neither of you saw that. Let the Corpses Tan was French and watching the preview it felt like a very violent spaghetti western like the kind of movie that Tarantino would have watched and then like you know taken his pants off and watched again (laughs) it was very close to that but less actual plot in the movie than what it seems like in the trailer so there's a group of thieves um, just out in some hideout in some torn down castle or something just ruins I don't know they're in this place (laughs) and then some of them go and rob an armored truck but then they come back and like they weren't part of them but then they were and along the way they just happen to pick up the daughter and wife of one of the guys who's there because they're trying I don't know there there was a plot and there was a lot of people all converging at once Um, the plot doesn't really matter at all it was just a lot of people running around trying to kill each other and a lot of dream sequences of the main female in the movie when she was younger peeing on people. <laughs> the poster. So the the, the poster uh, for Let the Corpses Tan right has like a black outline of a woman and what looks like the sun shining through her legs. <laughs> Yeah, no, the sun. She, she is straight up <laughs> peeing on a lot of people in that movie. And on the poster, because his hand's coming up. And, and it's supposed to be gold, but it's more like a golden shower. It was it was definitely an experience. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure to clarify there. Watching the movie was a very interesting experience. And, and it was well acted and really good, but just... Ah, there was a little bit to try to wrap my head around. Um, one of the characters... <laughs> so one of the characters was having sex with uh, said urinator. And a cop comes in and tries to shoot them. Or shoot him. For whatever reason, no one tries to kill her. But they try to shoot him. And he he somehow gets away. I don't remember if he shot the cop or if he just runs away. But the next oh, I don't know, rest of the movie, wherever you see him, he is running around naked. And so he's running from rooftop to rooftop, shooting at people, sans clothes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no coherent way to try to explain what this movie was about, but it was a lot of fun. I would definitely watch it again, not as a, here's a cinematic masterpiece that you need to see to understand. It's more of a, I, I just want to see people running around shooting at each other. <laughs> it's either Let the Corpses Tan or Smoking Naces, and Let the Corpses Tan is a better movie. Uh, smoking Aces had less people peeing on people. True. That's not a prerequisite for me to watch a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm hearing is 
I don't I don't need to not have people peeing on other people <laughs> to watch a movie. Not saying it's a prerequisite that I need to see it. It also it doesn't, doesn't automatically disqualify the film. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So let the corpses stand. I recommend that people watch it with your children. No. There was about to be that caveat of if you're okay with violence and nudity and people getting peed on and weird French spaghetti western art house flicks. If that sounds fun, then Let the Corpse of Tam was was a lot of fun. So basically, if you're a sadist... No. No, it would be a sadist. Well, I don't know. Maskist? That's a little overindulgent. It was... Okay, imagine... So I say all this, I say all this, but y'all both know I'm going to end up watching the movie one day and go, (laughs) that was a really good movie, guys. Think think of um, Maude Lebowski. Mm -hmm. If she was French and with a gang of criminals who had just stolen a truckload of gold. And also a little bit crazier. Okay, a lot crazier. But wait a second, are we saying like watching Maude Lebowski pee on people? Like... Maud Lebowski's Yeah, I'm kind of stuck on that, by the way. You can picture Maud Lebowski peeing on someone, right? I don't normally, know. If Maud Lebowski was ever so slightly crazier. He wouldn't watch it if that happened. That was already a prerequisite. That is not one of my three cardinal sins of filmmaking, though. No. Uh, So what I'm saying is, at least I don't think, that you have to make that big of a jump to imagine Maud Lebowski peeing on someone in a fever dream, right? What does this have to do with the movie? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the fact that he's trying to justify the movie in general is really working worse than anything else we've done. It's because both of you are on your phones and I'm trying to carry a conversation. Ooh, listen. I mean, listen, I'm responding. I know. I just like looking up just mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to Google Maude Lebowski peeing on people to see what I would actually be looking at. <laughs> You gotta remember, I'm a visual learner, Nathan. Just add Rule 34 and you'll find it. Pass. Okay, so <laughs> last movie from this episode is uh, Mohawk. And then you you were able to see that one. Mm-hmm. Was it one of your more favorite favorited movies? No. Not necessarily. It wasn't It wasn't a bad movie. It was your middle was. ground. I remember you yeah. kind of telling me. We came in, what, five minutes after it started? Because you said you caught the beginning of it later. Yeah. Um... But the part that we missed, the uh, the director talking about afterwards, like explained yeah. the entire thing that we missed. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the great things about living in an apartment is someone mows my lawn for me. One of the terrible things about living in an apartment is I have no control over when they do that. I'm on my yard today. So it's going to sound uh, a little choppy for a little bit. Huh. God bless. So <laughs> the film takes place in the what, War of eighteen twelve. Yes, is that what you were saying. Yeah, with the Mohawk Indians, Native Americans, Indigenous peoples. <laughs> yes. Um, from what I missed, I mean, I guess I could gather uh, a lot of Americans were killed. <laughs> this uh, group of Americans were trying to find the people responsible. Well, we don't even see that. Yeah, like it. It starts with um, it starts with what the director was talking about afterwards. Of the Mohawk were remaining neutral. They're like, nope, we we have no dog in this fight. Just leave us alone. Let us 
go over here and just be by ourselves. Uh, and so it was the British and Americans were like trying to get them to fight. And so that British dude, which the main character whose name I don't have pulled up, um, was apparently also sleeping with, was like trying to buy their allegiance by giving them um, steel tomahawks rather than just their, uh, their bone and stones. And so, like, that's that opening scene, is he's trying to say, you need to join with the British because the Americans are just going to betray you and kill you. They said, we don't like the Atlanta Braves. Exactly. And then the next scene is, like, them walking through the woods and the other Mohawk dude showing up. And it's like, I killed them, I killed them all. So they don't show him going in and killing everyone else. But he admits to doing it. Yeah. Um, The main character's name is Oak. Her real name is Kaniatio Horn. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to mispronounce that if I try to say it, too. Yeah. Uh, and she was she was actually Mohawk. Yes. So there, there's a little bit of uh, authentic dialogue that, that she was able to provide. And, and you know, that was pretty cool. Um, the entire movie is basically... Just a small band of American soldiers chasing down the Mohawk dude, the Mohawk lady, and the British dude because the Mohawk dude killed off the American soldiers. Yes. That's the entire movie. Is they're chasing them. Pretty much. A lot of people die. Um, it was a little distracting that the American uniform, Americans' uniforms were so nice, neat, and clean, but... They just came from their, you know, wherever, so I assume that's how they would explain it. Now, Oak, her Native American wear was really, really clean, too, so it was kind of like, I was a little put off by that. Yeah, like, like they, uh, he was talking about how their clothing was much more authentic than what you would see in most uh, Hollywood movies. Yeah. And I can absolutely see that. I can see how what they were wearing was much more authentic. They obviously made the choice to not be, a, like, a dirty, gritty... You know, kind of aesthetic. I, I wish that they had dirtied them a little bit. I mean, even even if it would have been that clean. Like, at one point... Yeah, at one point, like, they're rolling around in the mud. And the guy's white shirt is still white. <laughs> and maybe it's just really, really well, well starched. Maybe. Uh, it, it was distracting. It's... <laughs> um, but the movie itself, I thought was... I thought it was really good. I wasn't... I wasn't entirely sure what kind of movie it was. Yeah. Because from I know, the trailer... I didn't know what to expect. And then the dream sequences threw you off even more. It was like, okay, well, is something crazy going to happen? Like, straight up horror or something? But yeah, I kept waiting for something like that to happen. And it just kind of didn't. But it it kind of does. Of course, maybe it's just because I much. came straight from the paperbacks from Hell Talk. <laughs> Who, you know, from Grady Hendrix, who was one of the co-writers of this movie, maybe yeah, that's why I was expecting something like that. Well, based on the trailer, it looks more like the kind of movie where the first 20 minutes are going to be the Americans going in and murdering and raping yeah. like, an entire Mohawk village. But it's kind of And then backwards. she... Yeah. Like, I... Watching the trailer, I thought they were going to be the ones going in, killing people, and she was going to spend the rest of the movie, like, hunting them down and inflicting, I spit on your grave level, uh, terror against them. And he was in it, too. 
Luke Harper. <laughs> the wrestler. Yes. <laughs> he was pretty good. He was Luke, a good actor. Luke Harper from the what family? Wyatt family? Well, he was the Wyatt family. Now they're the Bludgeon Brothers. That's oh, is he still and, wrestling? I didn't know. Yeah. Um, him and um, the dude with the red hair. Bald with the yeah, red beard, the I guess. Red, yeah. um, they're the Bludgeon Brothers, and they're like... They're what the Undertaker and Kane used to be when they were a tag team. So yes. it's wrestling recycled. There were always. a few other faces that you might recognize too. Uh, one guy was in the movie Brick, uh, Ryan Johnson's movie. Actually, he was in Looper too. Looks like. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Joseph. Gordon he, he was the he translator. He was the translator in it. And then the British guy has been in a few things too. Oh, he was in Twin, the new Twin Peaks. Oh. He was uh, Richard Horn. Yeah, so like it, it. I didn't see the new Twin Peaks yet. It was a lot of fun to. I, I don't want to say fun because of well, first off the uh, the content, and secondly, how quote realistic it was portrayed. But it was well done, um, low budget, but well done, and it 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 did make me want to see more. Like watching it rather than leaving, being like, oh, thank God that's over. It was. Well, that's just like part of the story. I, I want to see more of that story. I want to know more of what happened, even if it's not with them, which by the end of it, major spoiler, uh, she turns into a like shaman demon going back and avenging them and killing off the... Like she turns into a monster? Sort of. Is it like her, but it's just like she's empowered? She's empowered, and she like finds a skeleton and like makes sort of a, uh, she like, like a shaman bardia armor out of it. Does she like cut half of her scalp off? She doesn't. Well, she she gives herself a mohawk. Um, she doesn't quite cut it's her scalp bloody. off. It's bloody where there was hair. Yeah, it, it's a bad old razor. So yeah. of course she's kind of. <laughs> well, why? Because I don't want to spoil the... everything, but. The violence in it was horrific because, again, it was a little bit more realistic rather than sensationalized. Well, you think about 1819, what did the indigenous tribes have to use? Tomahawks, bows and arrows, spears. Well, there's one scene, and this was probably the most up scene in the movie. One of the guys gets shot, and part of that person's skull is behind the ear of the person whose face that landed on. So, like, the the other dude's all bloodied, and then a little while later, when he's cleaning himself off, you see him pick this thing out behind his ear. Stringy hair hanging off of it. <laughs> yeah. It was, again, probably realistic, but very just, uh. It was worse to watch than it was to describe. Gotcha. Well, I watched I watched a movie today called Tag on Netflix, and I'm pretty good for like the rest of the year on just being desensitized to anything else gross. So almost as bad as that baseball movie we watched that one time, Daniel, where the <laughs> like one minute hard one ball, minute, I think it was like one minute you're watching them like hit baseballs and play a game, and the next minute this lady's shoving her fist in guys' buttholes. It was a Japanese baseball movie. <laughs> that doesn't explain it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, 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 it I shouldn't have to say anything more than what I just said. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, Mohawk. I, I, I definitely want to see more. Well, it was oh, the director is the same director who did 
Little we're, Mermaid? No, we are the pretty things that live in the house. We are the... No. no we are still here? We no. are still here. Yeah. You were was, thinking of... I was thinking of the... Perkins. Yeah. Osgood Perkins, but that's not it. Yeah. He's the director who did We Are Still Here. Okay. With, with Barbara Crandon. Which mm-hmm. is on Netflix. Yeah. It's a good movie, too. So I think this one will eventually get there. On Netflix, I mean. I hope so. It will. Most everything that you end up that we talk about on here, for the most part, it will end up on Netflix. The older stuff, like the the kung fu movies and things like that, maybe not so much, but yeah. So, anyways, so yeah, that was Mohawk. It was great. I, I recommend it. Be in the right headspace for it, but I recommend it. Um, that's all of them. Yeah, we already went through our four movies. Yeah, I that know. Was, that was quick. It's only 7.30. Yeah. Uh, Whenever you listen to this, it's not going to matter what time it is. <laughs> it matters to us, because we're used to doing like 45-minute, two-hour episodes. So skip to the end. Make sure it's 7.30 right now. Yeah. And then rewind it. Go back in time. And you'll, you can sync it up with Dark Side of the Moon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you have to play it backwards. And while you're listening to us, listening... While you're listening to us, and while you're listening to Dark Side of the Moon playing backwards, you also need to watch Michael Jackson's Moonwalker on Fast Forward. And record yourself doing that, so then we can go back and listen to you. No, record yourself video-wise. Bye. Yes. (laughs) Daniel's done with this already, like... Okay. You're the worst, like... (laughs) Don't be such a negative Nelly. So, if you enjoyed this episode... You can check out the... Uh, when have I ever sung Nelly on this podcast? <laughs> Negatively, just then. <laughs> you sounded just like him. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, you can check out the rest of our coverage at the Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, we still have a few more episodes coming up, so please come back for those. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just do a search for The Gargoyle, uh, and you can just also find links to all of this at my new site, which between the last episode and this episode has changed. Now it is gargoylereviews.wixsite.com slash thegargoyle. Um, but that'll also be linked in the liner notes. Um, so yeah, you can find links to all of the social medias and past episodes there. And Tim, where could they, can they find your ramblings? You can find my blog at the end of last episode, so you need to go back and listen to that so you can hear where to find my blog at. <laughs> because I just really don't feel like talking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow Daniel if you can find him. It's getting hot in her. <laughs> do, 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 do. Hot shit, hot shit. Okay, bye. Bye. Stop it, please. <sighs>